everybody. Grab your Bible, pencil, journal, and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in on the conversation. But first, I'd like for you to write this down. Ruth 4, verses 13 through 14. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife, and he went into her. And the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed is the Lord who has not left you without a Redeemer today, and may his name become famous in Israel. Hey everyone, happy Easter and welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara and as you know, I am Dot's daughter and we sit down together every week and we talk through truths and scripture. And in this episode, we are diving into the book of Ruth and we see how we can actually find God's hand throughout the book of Ruth and we can even see Jesus in this book. We talk through what is a redeemer and how can we just rest in God's plan and how God's plan can come to fruition. So we are really glad that you're here. So pull up a chair and listen in. Hey, everybody. Kara and I are here together and we are literally looking face to face. Now, what you may not know is that um, when we do record, because she's in Nashville, um, we're doing it by Zoom, and I get to see her cute face on the computer. But today, I get to see her cute face Mm -hmm. in Cayman. I'm live in the flesh. Yes, she is. (laughs) And we're in Cayman Islands. We're so excited. Uh, We uh, were able to come for a few days here, and it's just been beautiful. Yeah. Looking out at the crystal blue ocean and white sandy beach. Yes. So now that you're so mad at us and uh, jealous, I just want to say we're in Ruth. And, um, you know, Kara, Ruth is so known. Uh, is it, a lot of things that she has said uh, is quoted. But one of the things that she is very famous for is when Ruth is telling her mother-in-law, because her mother-in-law, a lot of things had happened, and her mother-in-law said, you know, you need, just need to go back to your family, mm-hmm. back to your world. She was a Gentile. She was a Moabite, and she had, want, she had married a Jewish man, and Ruth was her mother-in-law. And she says, because she's very devoted to Ruth, she says, do not urge me to leave you or turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. You know, so many people uh, quote that at a a wedding. Uh, They do? Yes. I've actually never heard that. Yes. Well, there's a lot of weddings you probably haven't been to, but that is very famous. Well, that's interesting because it's about the mother-in-law and the daughter-in-law. Yes, and the, it, yes, it's totally out of context. I, I mean, I, I mean, appreciate you get, when you get married that you're well, very right. loyal to yeah, your mother-in-law. Just, surprising to me. Surprising. It is. Well, even more surprising is the fact that Naomi is bitter. She has had some really. Well, uh, I don't find that surprising. Well, that she didn't want to leave her. Oh, oh, yes. It's surprising that Ruth didn't want to leave. Yes. yes. I mean, have you ever been around anybody bitter? Well, but doesn't bitter in this context mean like grieving? Not like bitter in like a... Nope. She, it is grieving. It is grieving, and bitterness is part of a grieving process. But when she gets back to her home, everybody wants to be so, oh, Naomi, you're... you know. And so she says, oh, don't call me that. Right. Call me bitter, Mara, which is... Uh, we talked about that in Exodus when they came to the water and it was bitter, so oh, right, it was called right. Mara. And so that means bitterness. 
But um, she complains, not complains, but she says why she's bitter. So it's not just that she, I mean, it is a part of a grieving process. Bitterness is something you want to protect yourself in a grieving process. Right. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, I I thought, yes, she, there's probably some bitterness there, but it was Mm -hmm. more of this, like, bitter grieving versus a bitterness that comes from unforgiveness. Well, that's the point of what we want to, I want to talk to today, because literally in two days— we will celebrate Good Friday, and Easter is coming. And here we are thinking about Ruth and uh, Naomi, and life is not like she thought, and she's bitter, and she goes back, and everybody— Well, she lost everything. I mean, she lost her two sons sons and her Mm -hmm. husband. That's right, yeah. I mean, it wasn't— And it seems like there was strife, like land. Like, that's why they left Israel is because there was a famine. That's right. Not only did she deal with loss, like, of life, of love, but she lost, like, I'm sure there's financial loss or— Well, there probably is, but I think the whole general thing is the fact that she left because it was a famine. So there's been one thing right after right, another, that's what, yeah, that's what and then at. she gets there, and then she loses her husband, and then she loses her sons. But before all of this happens, her sons marry— and they both marry a Gentile. They right. both marry. And so Ruth, of course, it is named Ruth. So many people think Ruth is about Ruth. Right. I, yeah, it's about Mara slash Naomi, right? No. Oh. It is about Jesus. Well. It is about the Kingsman Redeemer. When you get into it, Boaz becomes Ruth's Kingsman Redeemer. And a Kingsman Redeemer is someone who restores or preserves the um, designated place back to where it was. Like they they restore the people back into the community. They give back their land. They're able to so what's restore the back. What's the difference between redeeming and restoring? Well, there's not a whole lot of redeeming. Redeeming means it's something that you've already had. Restoring means restoration. And I think that... The main thing is that I'm look it up. Boaz was the Kingsman Redeemer, and he was not the first one. He There was another Kingsman Redeemer that literally was the next of kin. And so, he goes to them, as you know, when we read the story, and that, that Kingsman, the, the number one person in line to be the King's Redeemer, refuses. And so then Boaz then goes in uh, and becomes Ruth's and uh, Naomi's kinsman redeemer. So he's restored back into— But what is he restored? He is restoring their relationship back into the community. Right. He restores Because the loss of the husband. Yes. So there is basically the—it's almost like a family line. Yes. In a way. Yeah, he's— Family name. Not like family line like it's in blood, but— Well, he becomes the heir of the next king. Right, but the redeeming— like what made what made him a redeemer? Because he was next in line. He was in their air. He was in. He wasn't the next kin because kins means it's family, right? But he wasn't, you know, the next in line. Like I was saying, but he was able because he went to the one that was next in line, right? To be able to redeem. Say, so, hey, would you like to redeem? Mm-hmm. Are you basically? Are you? Would you be willing to redeem? these women basically back into 
bring would back you, give yeah. their land and right. you know, like you said they left yeah you know, they left everything and then he was like no you can basically you can do mm-hmm. it basically it's like it's a relative who restores and preserves the full community rights of an individual family member or a disadvantaged family member uh, but what I want to say is you think about the story of Ruth and what happened she gets like you're talking about, she has a famine. She has to leave. Then she loses her husband. Then she loses her sons. And then she's like, what are we going to do? And then so she tells her daughter-in-laws, why don't y'all go on? And, and, and of course, we know, I just read, Ruth says, no, I'm not going to leave you. Right. Well, and, and she says go on because she's like, I'm not, like, basically, like, what even even if I were to get married again mm-hmm. and have two more sons, what like, basically, like, what, are you going to wait, you know, for me? 20 more years yeah. or, you know, whatever? Yeah. So basically, like, go on with your lives because what I have to give you. Right. And so, again, so everything you're saying is can't wait to tell you what I've been thinking. Because all of this is about what our circumstances is. It's about what can I give you or what, look what God can give me and look what God hasn't given me, which caused Naomi to be bitter. Now, somehow, Naomi comes and I guess just being hungry, I guess you get hungry enough, you start are miserable enough, you come and try to think of a creative plan, and she remembers about Boaz, and so she tells Ruth to go, and there's a big plan about Ruth going and, you know, getting food and, you know, waiting until, and, and obviously Ruth must have been a really amazing woman because she went in, here she is not an Israelite, so she's this foreigner, she's going into the field, and she waits until after the people that own the field, the, the reapers, that, you know, getting all the wheat, and she waits, and then she takes what's left. Well, but, I think that, I think it just shows, yeah, like her character, like she, absolutely. and that's what Boaz noticed about her, of like, oh, I, I noticed how hard you're working, and I noticed not even how hard she's working, but that, that relationship um, with her mother-in-law. Yeah, that, and, and he noticed, like, you're, a quote-unquote foreigner, but you also, like, basically he acknowledges the fact that she loves the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how well, he— Well, I don't know if she loves the Lord because— Well, but, like, she, like, believes in the Jehovah, like, the Israelite God. Well, and I, I don't know that, but I know that she's very loyal, and she says, your God will be my God. So there definitely is a strong religious, you know, commitment, but it's mostly to Naomi. But it says, your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Yeah. The point of it is this, is that God had a plan. And as I was saying earlier, we're going to go into Easter. And Jesus is the our Kingsman Redeemer. And God had made a, a commitment and a covenant with Abraham and said, you know, you're going to be, you know, the father of many nations. And you know, I hope I, this comes out the way that it's coming in, or I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it all week, how that God has a plan and God's very faithful to his plan. And we don't know what he's doing. And Naomi's bitter. Ruth thinks she's lost everything. She's going to stay with her mother-in-law. And she's just going out in this field. And here she meets Boaz. And Boaz is in the line of David. Mm-hmm. And David is the ancestor in the lineage that Jesus will come. Right. And we're about to celebrate Easter. Mm -hmm. And so as I think about all the things 
that God did, all the circumstances, all of these things that are happening that appeared from the human perspective, horrible. And I'm not saying it was great. Humanly, God had a plan. And when I think not only did he have a plan, he accomplished that plan. Yes. And that's the thing that— And he's going to. He's faithful to it. Right. And that's the thing that I noticed or that was what was, I guess, highlighted with me of reading Ruth is the fact of, like, Ruth and Naomi, they just—they didn't know. Like, they just Mm -hmm. did the next right thing. It's like they just—Naomi felt like, you know, I guess I'll go back to my—I guess I'll go back to my land. And Ruth felt— you know, for whatever reason, she just felt inclined to stay with Ruth. And I do think mm-hmm. that Ruth was committed to Naomi. And and I do think that it does show that she did believe in the Israelite God. Mm-hmm. So, and for whatever that reason, but it's just, and then they, she thought, well, maybe I'll go in this field and mm-hmm. I'll wait. You know, like they, it's not like they, they didn't have to do anything to try to make it happen. Like yeah. they just lived their life. They did what they felt like. And that's what I think. I mean, we, <laughs> this is like kind of like a funny story that you know that I'll tell the listeners, but before we came to Cayman, mm-hmm. you and dad came a day early. Mm-hmm. And so you guys went to the grocery store and got all the food for the mm-hmm. week. And so I said like, hey, here's a list of food or mm-hmm. whatever. And I put apples on the list. Yeah. I don't ever eat apples ever. Mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. remember the last time I bought an apple. And for whatever reason, I just thought, oh, maybe I'll put an apple on the list mm-hmm. and put on list and think anything of it, you know, whatever, send it to you guys, got me some apples. Mm-hmm. And the first day I get so overheated outside mm-hmm. and I didn't realize it. And you brought out the apple and it literally, I mean, I don't know if it saved my life, but it did. I mean, I was like crashing hard. Yeah, I, your sugar I, level was really low. Yeah. My sugar level was low. You were pale. I, I was pale, mm-hmm. but I was mm-hmm. not pale because I was laying on the sun. Mm-hmm. So anyway, all to say, and um, but I've had an apple every day, and you said yesterday, like, oh, these apples really saved our lives this week, kind of joking. And looking back, it's just a funny, like, small thing, but I was like, I don't ever eat apples. And mm-hmm. I just had this thought to put apples on the list. Mm-hmm. And it was, I just did that, and then God knew she's going to eat an apple on that beach because she's, she's going to pass, <laughs> pass out. And so anyway, mm-hmm. all to say is it just reminds me of these things of like, you, if something comes to your mind or like, oh, I'll just do that. It's like, you don't know what, sometimes it doesn't mean anything. Sometimes it could mean. Sometimes it can save your life. Save your life. Sometimes it can mean, you know, you're in this field and next thing you know, the Redeemer. And they you know, did not like, know what Boaz was going to do. That's what they, I was saying. Like, that it's they just, were even going to acknowledge that Boaz right, was going to Right. like, okay, let's just do this. Like, and Naomi had this idea of like, okay, like lay next to him on the threshing floor and. Basically, like, let's just, let's just see. And I think that's what I picked up on of this. Like, we're not bigger than God. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever God wants to accomplish, He's going he's to going accomplish. accomplish. As long as, like, if our hearts are wanting what God wants, mm-hmm. and if our hearts are not even wanting what God wants, but just turn toward Him, mm-hmm. you know, and surrender toward Him. I think that what Like, those saying, little moments of, right. I mean, the Apple story is silly, and it's, we laughed about it, but it, it really did. It was like this. Well, it's amazing that you would even acknowledge that. So many people, this is happening to people all day long. Something that God has done or provided or, you know, established certain steps along the journey. And a lot of people don't recognize that, oh, that's God's hand. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you didn't know we were going to talk about this today. But, you know, I think that when we think about all the the, uh, lengths and all of the detail that God did to allow Boaz 
to acknowledge Ruth, you know, I think it's not just that moment she was in the field, but it goes way back when she was very committed to Naomi. She, I mean, I laugh about, have you ever been around anybody bitter? But she had, she had every freedom to walk away from that. And she was committed to uh, Naomi. Why? It had to have been just God. There was no mm-hmm. reason for Ruth to continue with Naomi. The other right. daughter-in-law didn't, and it's nothing bad about her. Right. Naomi set her free. I mean, it was nothing wrong with her going back to her family. Right. And certainly, Ruth had the freedom to do so as well, but she didn't. Now, Ruth is probably just thinking, my mother-in-law is old. She's bitter. Mm-hmm. I need to take care of her. Kind of like what you do with yeah, me. Probably. Like, she's old and I need to take care of her. <laughs> but she doesn't know what God has got ahead. And I think for me, this whole two or three weeks that I've really been thinking about this, I've been thinking about the lengths that God goes to be faithful to His Word. And we get so caught up in our circumstances. We get up, caught up in... God, why have you allowed this to happen? God, why did you direct my path here? Why am I where I am right today? And, you know, as I've prayed for you, as I pray for so many people that are going through a very difficult time, wondering, where is God? Does God care? I just see so much love and care and kindness, kindness from Boaz. You know, Boaz was not a good-looking man. It right. goes in there. He tells Ruth, he goes, you could like, you know, mm-hmm. you could have somebody cute. Right. And But he is a good man. He was a good man. I mean, the fact, like, Looks he good. was honor, yeah, he was honoring even the other kinsman redeemer, you know, like that's, like, he has such character and integrity of. And he told the people, he said, you know, whatever Ruth takes, you know, let her have. He said to her, I've heard how well you treated your mother-in-law. Well, well the fact that he even noticed that right. shows his character. And the fact that she did it. Again, mm-hmm. the point of it is one step leads to another to another. And literally, the Messiah is coming. And we're about to, we're about to celebrate Easter. Where would we be if Jesus did not come? Where would we be if Jesus wasn't faithful to us? Promise. What, where would we be today if the t- tomb wasn't empty? Well, even like going back even further of Naomi going to the four other lands, you know, like because mm-hmm. of the famine, like yes. it's just one of those things of like if the fa- famine hadn't happened, would mm-hmm. Naomi have left? Would mm-hmm. the sons had died? Would mm-hmm. they, you know, would any other daughter-in-law have stayed with Naomi like Ruth? You know, like what if the whole famine was always to get Naomi yeah. out mm-hmm. to go, almost to go get Ruth? to, you know, it's like, who knows? It's like, there's, there's so much to it where it could look like, and I know some, I think some biblical scholars could show, I've heard it taught before, and I don't even know that it's wrong, but that Naomi leaving in the famine was almost like an act of unbelief, like that he wouldn't provide in the land. And so during the famine, and I don't know I, if that's right know. or wrong, it, but I just yeah. think, like, regardless if she did or she didn't, God used it, you know, like, even if she did leave. And it wouldn't be the first time. Right. Because Joseph left. You know, Jacob left because there was famine. They went to Egypt because right. there was famine. Right. You know, so, you know, there's nothing that will um, drive a person to leave and try something new than desperation. And I think, you know, as we 
thinking about Ruth in the very beginning, again, God uses a, uh, a loss. He, Like you said at the beginning, she had to leave her family. She had to leave everything. Naomi did with her husband because there was fam- a famine. And I think that God uses uh, these losses. He uses these things that are difficult mm-hmm. in our lives to show us how faithful He is. And, and, I, and I just don't want to miss that. I've yeah. just been thinking, here we are about to approach Easter, and Jesus came as the Messiah, and He comes through the line of David. And David, you know, is uh, in the line of Boaz, Boaz, you know, all of that, because God said to Abraham, and, you know, all through the New Old Testament we're talking about, how that the Messiah would come through the line of David. Right. And well, and they say, we in, see that. They say in Ruth 4, which at this point they had no idea Mm-mm. that what they were saying. But in Ruth 4 12, it says, And may your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah because of the offspring that the Lord will give you by this young woman. It's like they had no idea the weight Mm-mm. of those words. Mm-mm. And to go back to when God does something, he gets the glory. And this just reminded me, because those are Naomi's friends who said that. Mm-hmm. And when, when Naomi came back to the land, basically, you know, her friends, she was like, you know, call me Mara because of bitterness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they kind of, tell me if I'm wrong, I think they kind of had a little bit of stance of like, what like what did you do to call, you know, like. Well, that was always, um, as we see in Job and a lot of Old Testament Belief: If something's bad happened to you, then you've done something right. wrong. And so then, that was a very common belief. Uh, of course, it's built a lot out of context, but it's built a lot of what God said. If you do tell the Israelites, if you love me, if you obey right. me, then I'll bless you. Yeah, like I don't mean that like it's a negative. Yeah, I mean but, it's wrong theology, but that's where they base right. it. On. But at the end of it, you know, them saying basically like glory be to God. Like this is, this had to have been God, you know, because of how this has gone down. So it's like when God does something, just like when God brought Jesus, like this had to be God, this had Mm -hmm. to be, there's no other explanation. Exactly. And I I think that that's kind of our hope today. And, you know, we're about to approach Friday, uh, Good Friday. And humanly speaking, Good Friday isn't good. But, you know, as I'm thinking about we're about to approach Good Friday and, you know, it's usually that dark day. It's that time when, you know, we see the, you know, the cross and we see how Jesus cries out and, you know, says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That you've heard me say a thousand times, you know, the only person that ever was forsaken, human person that was ever forsaken was Jesus. And as we think about the cross and how horrible it was. And if you ever seen the movie The Passion, you, it's just hard to even even see it. All mm-hmm. the, you know, the beatings and the uh, blood and everything, and Jesus falling trying to carry the cross. It, it's just a horrible thing. And then hearing the nails go into his hand, and you know, if I remember, I don't know who it is that said it, but it said the nails didn't keep Jesus on the cross. His love did. And I think his love for us and I think his love for the Father to glorify him. And so, you know, years ago, I heard uh, Billy Sunday, a sermon. It says, Sunday's a common. And I think that, you know, here's this Friday. And it's like Ruth and it's like Naomi. They're living in this Friday. They're living in these dark moments. Ruth was written during the Judges. 
and it's one of the darkest times in the nation of Israel. Mm -hmm. And so here we are, like this is like Friday, and what what are they going to do? And it seems like God has forsaken them. They went because they felt like they were desperate. It wasn't their choice. It was a famine. They had to leave. So as you look at their lives, so often, you know, Kara is just thinking, we just, so often, there are many of us right now living in Fridays. And I just keep thinking about what Billy Sunday's famous words in that sermon was, but Sundays are coming. I think what, and what's really, what's hard is we don't know when our Sundays are coming and we don't know how or what it would look like. Because, I mean, for some people, Sunday could be, it may not be on the side of heaven. I mean, we don't know. That's right. And, and, and so we know Friday to Sunday, that's three days. Right. But for us, you know, well, Jesus is. Right. It's like know. we don't know when or how uh-huh. our redemption or our. Right. And our, things change. Sometimes our circumstances And not only redemption and our salvation. I mean, redemption in our situation, whether yeah. that's. Redeeming the time and right. all of that stuff. But I, I think. You know, sometimes it's not our circumstances change. It did with Naomi and did with Ruth because God had a plan. And when God has a plan for our life, it's going to happen. He's going to be faithful to it, just as He is faithful to the plan that He was going to send the Messiah. But I think sometimes even things don't really change as much as it's our circumstances change as much as who we are. But it was because of our circumstances, which is, you know, a little disturbing because she was so driven emotionally by her circumstances. When things got great, they were great. When it was bad, she got bitter. Then when it got good again, she was so happy. And I know that that it does express a lot of who we are and human being, being human. But if we could just look past that and say, God, what do you have for me here in Ruth, the story of Ruth? And I think that, you know, if you look at it, you're going to see in the book of Ruth, the story of Ruth, you're going to see a mother-in-law that um, is grieving and that eventually becomes bitter. You're going to see two daughter-in-laws that are faithful, but they are grieving. Boaz, you'll see a kingsman redeemer that was very faithful. Boaz was a very loving and kind, but you'll also see God's plan. And you'll see that God is faithful to the promise and that he was very faithful when to I, um, the promise that the Messiah would come yeah, through the line of Well, and his plan can't be thwarted. And we can't, we can't hurry up his plan and we can't mm-hmm. stall or thwart his plan. You know, we can't, we are not bigger than God. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I, it's like if he, it's basically we can rest in that. You know, mm-hmm. it's not up to us to that's carry right. out his plan. It's not up to us to make anything happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, he uses us and uses Just our choices and yeah, but it's we don't we don't know what choices those are mm-hmm. all the times, you know? Like we don't know that an apple no. is the no. Is just going to go get an apple. Yeah, I'm just going to go get it and I had no idea. And so we don't know what those choices are. We just you know, do the next, it's like that, just do the next right thing. Did mm-hmm. you take the next right step or the next step? We don't even, sometimes we don't know if it's right. It's just, that's what we talked a lot, I know a lot about in the other books of, you know, moving forward. Mm-hmm. But I think that, that to me, that's the biggest thing that seeing in Ruth is God will do it mm-hmm. and just rest in that fact yeah. of he will do it. He is able, he doesn't need our help. He just wants us. He just mm-hmm. wants our heart. Because he loves us. And I think, to me, it's like you can't change God's plan, like you said, but we can embrace it. Mm-hmm. And we can always, I think, 
have the faith knowing that at the end of the day, no matter what happens, we're going to look back and know God was very faithful. But it's that step-by-step, that journey along the way, that's where it's hard to me. And that's where we have to keep the faith. And we have to embrace wherever we are right now, that even though we cannot see God's plan, even though we may not even feel God's presence, but we can look at where we are right now and, and be honest and say, like Naomi, I'm grieving. I'm even, you know, bitter. But we can also look to the faithfulness of God and trust Him to know and do what He knows is best. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.